a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Scott Simpson, and here with Dr. Leah Murray, we're in for, filling in for Boyd Matheson. You're listening to one of the greatest afternoon shows on the planet, right? The best two hours of radio you can spend in the afternoon, absolutely. Yeah, and, and Leah Murray is just like taking it over the top. <laughs> so, Leah, we've been talking about politics, all things public policy, elect, yeah. election reform, ev- everything you can imagine. This is national politics story, but it's, I think it's interesting. You know, President Biden is right on the cusp. At some point, we're going to see presidential announcements. We've been lucky, I think, since November this, that we haven't heard it yet. I'd like it to stretch a little further. Right. Um, but, but it's going to get going. But it's going to start happening. And, yeah. you know, there's a, there is a uh, foreign policy conundrum, I think, for the president. And the question is, and that's Ukraine. We've obviously, um, you know, there's this sort of European and, and U.S. attempt to help the Ukrainians defend their homeland. What what political cost does that have? Is that good for, uh, you know, a, a Democratic presidential uh, reelection effort? Right. So we've got Alex Ward, national security reporter and anchor of National Security Daily at Politico to help us figure it out. Scott, Alex, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell us, and I think we're asking like the political question, what does the tanks announcement, and you can tell us what that announcement is, like you can kind of explain to our listeners what that is, but I'm really interested is the fact that he is sending tanks, what does that tell us about what President Biden thinks about our commitment to this war, you know, how long term we're going to be in this war and what's happening? Sure. So the tanks announcement, which was made yesterday, is that the United States will send 31 uh, M1, A2, et cetera, tanks to Ukraine. And they won't get there for about a year because we actually have to either produce or strip the tanks that we have of a certain armor that we don't, you know, we, we are not allowed to export elsewhere. And so those will go about a year later. And the reason we agreed to this is so Germany would send Leopard tanks of its own and authorize the Leopard tanks that other European countries have and send those to Ukraine. So what does this tell us? This tells us that the Biden administration thinks the war in Ukraine will last for at least another year, um, if not more. A year is sort of on the, the low side. And so, you know, the president, we expect, will make a re-election announcement perhaps sometime this spring, in which case, you know, he's going to be doing so, you know, trying to vibe to stay in, in his job while basically telling people, hey, this is a war we have to continue to support, uh, you know, and I'm the guy who is really the reason why Ukraine is still has such an international coalition behind it and why it's doing so well in repelling the Russian forces. So 
you know, this is something that, depending how the war goes this coming year, you know, whether Ukraine advances or, or Russia does really well, you know, it, it almost seems like Biden's political fortunes are somewhat tied up, not completely, but somewhat tied up uh, with the war in Ukraine. Um, what, is this, uh, what does this mean for President Biden? Is this a sign of confidence? Is this a sign of uh, uncertainty? Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, well, first, glad everyone in Taylorsville there is, is okay, um, the, as far as we know. Uh, look, for Biden, it's, it's, it, this is, the tanks move was more of a decision about the state of the war. Like, this is the point in which everyone is worried about a Russian offensive, and the Ukrainians have been calling for tanks for forever. And so in the part of the U.S. and Germany they're think, and, and other European countries, this is what they felt Ukraine needed in this moment um, to keep repelling the Russians. Uh, at that said, you know, Biden is a staunch transatlanticist. This is something that he firmly believes in. This is a war he firmly believes in. This is a fight for democracy against an, uh, uh, an aggressive autocrat in his mind. And so he's not going to apologize. Uh, you know, no one should expect him to apologize for continuing to support Ukraine as it continues to fight Russia. That said, there are going to be uh, surely uh, Republicans, as they vie for the primary, uh, the primary vote to take him on in 2024, you know, there's an internationalist camp and there's a populist camp. And, and some of the internationalists, definitely the populists, would say, look, you know, Biden is spending way more time focusing on Eastern Europe than on our southern border, for example. And he's spending more time and, and sending weapons and money to Ukraine when that money could be used to uh, improve infrastructure in the United States or all other kinds of things. Um, so, you know, expect that kind of more narrative battle. But I don't think it's a sign of more confidence or not. I think it's more of a wartime uh, move. But I think what you'll start to see are real, you know, fault lines between Republicans and Democrats and within the Republican Party or how much to support Ukraine. Right. I think this is one of the most interesting issues, if you will, Alex, because I grew up, you know, 70s and 80s, and it was you know, if Russia invaded somewhere, we were going to fight. Like, that was part of the Cold War dogma. So I, and I also know, as a political scientist, that presidents are at their height in power when there is a war going on. So part of me feels like this should be, you know, like a non-brainer, right? If I am President Biden trying to shore up, like, a re-election run, I want to look powerful, and Russia is a really easy, you know, enemy for the United States to kind of launch at. But my goodness, nothing seems to be... Right. Like what it always was. And so I just kind of wonder, 
to what extent you think what you just said, we just can't even predict it, right? Are the populists going to be carrying the day? Do we not have enough people who care about what's going on in Ukraine? Like, where are where is Ukraine in this war? And quite frankly, Russia's aggressions on the list of American voters' concerns in the next little cycle. Well, look, I mean, for, foreign policy is usually an elite sport, right? Yeah, um, right. And, 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 and so people care about, you know, kitchen table issues more than anything else. And so understandably, um, you know, the, the, the America's standing vis-a-vis Ukraine isn't necessarily going to be top of mind for voters. Um, that said, you know, the, there is a sort of image of the United States. I'll put it this way. Foreign policy doesn't really make a presidency, but it can break one. And so if things kind of go normally as they have been going for Ukraine and it stays off of the general headlines, and the right, then one could imagine Biden goes, we're supporting Ukraine. Ukraine is still fighting. And people go, OK, fine. You know, he's not paying a price for this moment for sending billions of dollars in weapons and, and financial aid to Ukraine. But if things start to go poorly, if the Russians start to advance, if, you know, Ukraine starts committing tons of war crimes that are out in the open, if something happens to Zelensky, who knows? Then questions start to get asked in, in the popular press about, you know, why did Biden spend so much of his energy and time and American resources on this war? And that's when you could start to see Republicans pounce. You could see Democrats start to separate, um, separate from their support for it. But as of this moment, you know, did most of the American people support uh, back in Ukraine? That said, the support for that is dropping precipitously within the Republican Party. Uh, and so it's mostly Democrats at this point that are keeping uh, support uh, as a majority of the American populace. Um, but that could, of course, change depending on how the war goes this year. We've got about 30 seconds left. Alex, can you tell us uh, what we should be watching for in the weeks ahead? Uh, I think see if all of a sudden the Ukrainians start pushing for fighter jets. And if that's the case, you know, they, they won't be satisfied with tanks. They're going to want F-16s. And is, any, is there any appetite to do that? And if so, uh, when might that happen? You could imagine that Europe won't move unless the United States decides to send planes, uh, just like happened with this tank debate. All right, Alex Ward, national security reporter and anchor of National Security Daily at Politico. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Leah, this is interesting. I'll I'll be very fascinated to see uh, how this plays out because it seems like post, you know, wartime presidents are strong, but that support can turn fickle very quickly. No, exactly. So coming up, some final thoughts on a Thursday. Stay with us. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.